Welcome to First Words, a podcast presented by the First United Methodist Church of Florence. Today's message is brought to you by Senior Pastor Reverend Dale Cohen. Welcome to this episode of First Words Podcast from First United Methodist Church in Florence. I'm Dale Cohen, Senior Pastor, and we're continuing our series on the faces of Jesus. Uh, Today, I'm talking about resurrection. This is the Easter message. I'm going to be reading it from John's Gospel, the 20th chapter, and the first 18 verses. It says, Early on the first day of the week, while it was still dark, Mary Magdalene came to the tomb and saw that the stone had been removed from the tomb. So she ran and went to Simon Peter and the other disciple, the one whom Jesus loved, and said to them, They have taken the Lord out of the tomb, and we do not know where they have laid him. Then Peter and the other disciple set out and went toward the tomb. The two were running together, but the other disciple outran Peter and reached the tomb first. He bent down to look in and saw the linen wrappings lying there, but he did not go in. Then Simon Peter came, following him, and went into the tomb. He saw the linen wrappings lying there, and the cloth that had been on Jesus' head, not lying with the linen wrappings, but rolled up in a place by itself. Then the other disciple who reached the tomb first also went in, and he saw and believed. For as yet they did not understand the scripture that he must rise from the dead. Then the disciples returned to their homes. But Mary stood weeping outside the tomb. As she wept, she bent over to look into the tomb, and she saw two angels in white sitting where the body of Jesus had been lying, one at the head and the other at the feet. They said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? She said to them, They have taken away my Lord, and I do not know where they have laid him. When she had said this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there, but she did not know that it was Jesus. Jesus said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? Whom are you looking for? Supposing him to be the gardener, she said to him, Sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have laid him, and I will take him away. Jesus said to her, Mary. She turned and said to him in Hebrew, Rabunai, which means teacher. Jesus said to her, Do not hold on to me, because I have not yet ascended to the Father. But go to my brothers and say to them, I am ascending to my Father and your Father, to my God and your God. Mary Magdalene went and announced to the disciples, I have seen the Lord. And she told them that he had said these things to her. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. As I said, today is the final message in our series on the faces of Jesus. In this series, we asked artists to depict their vision of what represents Jesus' face to serve as the inspiration for our sermons throughout Lent and Easter. Today's inspiration is my wife, Ann Cohen's illumination. You'll be able to see this on the website. Anne said, In reflecting on this painting, we see the dark green of the garden where Mary went that early morning. Faint shades of blue and purple peek through as the morning light at dawn in the top left corner. Light illuminates the center of the canvas with subtle shatters of red, 
yellow and orange emerging up in the right corner. Daybreak has come. Anne's depiction is a beautiful representation of the power and the mystery of Jesus' resurrection, an essential belief in our Christian faith. People sometimes ask me, is Jesus' resurrection real? My answer is always yes. I believe in the resurrection of Jesus because I've seen evidence of it too often for it not to be true. I witness the reality of the resurrection every time someone accepts the grace of God, resulting in their casting off their old self and becoming a new creation in Jesus Christ. Like Paul said in 2 Corinthians 5.17, If anyone is in Christ, he or she is a new creation. Everything old has passed away. See, everything has become new. Richard Gribble introduced me to a story about Reverend David Johnson, who was fresh out of seminary and preparing for his first Easter as a new pastor. His wife asked what he was preaching for Easter, and he told her, and I quote, I'm describing the resurrection as a metaphor for how we are no longer estranged from our authentic self. David was so proud of his intellectual superiority that he didn't notice his wife rolling her eyes. On the Saturday before Easter, David went to the church that evening to rehearse for the sunrise service. When the rehearsal ended, a couple of youth asked for a ride home. David was glad to take them. However, he needed direction since he was still new in town. After dropping the youth off at their house and driving away, David couldn't recall which turn he was supposed to take that would take him home. There were no cell phones back then, so he continued driving in hopes of finding someone he could ask for help. Eventually, he ended up on a deserted dirt road. As he attempted a U-turn, the engine sputtered and stalled. He was not only hopelessly lost, but his car was now out of gas. David felt sick. It was late there was no sign of a house nearby. After 20 minutes of walking, he finally saw some lights in the distance, and it was a neon sign flashing the boondocks. Although new to town, David already knew from the locals that this was not a safe place to be late in the night. As he approached the roadhouse, he walked through a slew of motorcycles in the parking lot, adding to his anxiety. As David walked inside, the smell of beer and cigarette smoke overwhelmed him. He didn't see anyone he recognized, which was both comforting and disappointing. He wondered what his church members might think if they knew their new pastor was at the boondocks on the Saturday night before Easter. David approached the bartender, intending to ask to use the phone to call a cab. However, his mouth was dry from the dusty road, so he decided first to order a Coke. Another patron invited him to shoot a game of pool. David loved billiards. He'd started playing at six years old, and he was a pretty good player. However, on this night, he was on fire. For two straight games, he ran the table after the break. His skill caught the attention of Turk, a short but powerful biker who took off his leather jacket and challenged David to a game. Turk was good, but David was better. After three consecutive wins, Turk gave in. He bought David another Coke and announced that from now on, David would be called Shark. 
Then Turk asked the inevitable question, What do you do? After clearing his throat, David said, I'm the new minister at the church on Maple Street. The crowd started murmuring, but Turk yelled, Quiet! The mood grew more reflective as people started asking David questions about God. Turk spoke up, saying, I've never been to church. My mother wasn't married when I was born, so the church people said she wasn't good enough to be there. All I know about God comes from television. Can you explain why Easter is such a big deal? David began to tell this ragtag congregation about Jesus and how he loved everybody, including those who didn't fit in. He told them how Jesus cured people of diseases, forgave their sins, and demonstrated unconditional love in every way. Although Jesus performed miracles and taught people about God's love, some people still despised him. One day, David said, Jesus was brought before a court where he was found guilty of being a revolutionary, sentenced to death, and some Roman soldiers nailed him to a cross. Because he was tortured and severely beaten before his crucifixion, Jesus died after only about three hours on the cross. Some friends took him down and laid him in a tomb just as the Sabbath fell at dusk. They would need to return after the Sabbath to finalize Jesus' burial. Everybody in the bar was silent as David told this story. So he continued. On Sunday, one of Jesus' friends, Mary Magdalene, went to the tomb early in the morning to attend to his body, but it wasn't there. She ran to tell the other disciples who came to see for themselves. They left, but Mary stayed, crying as she entered the tomb, finding two angels there who told her that Jesus had risen from the dead. Hearing someone behind her, Mary turned to see a man she presumed to be the gardener. So she asked him to tell her where Jesus' body was so she could prepare it for burial. Then the man called her by name, and Mary realized it was Jesus. Turk said, That's crazy. What does it mean? David said, God turns our world upside down, making losers into winners and outsiders into insiders. He even takes death and turns it into life. Because Jesus rose from the dead, God destroyed the power of sin and death forever, so we have nothing to fear. That's why Easter is such a big deal. As the conversation died down and people resumed drinking and playing pool, David told Turk about running out of gas. His new friend siphoned gas from his motorcycle and took David back to his car. After putting the gas in David's tank, Turk gave him directions and sent him on his way. When David arrived home, his wife was worried and upset, but she calmed down as he told her about his adventure. She encouraged him to get to bed since he had an early morning, but he insisted he had more work to do on his sermon. The next day, David didn't talk about estrangement from authentic selfhood, as he planned. Instead, he told the story of God raising Jesus from the dead and how in the process he gave all of us new life. Many visitors were present, including a strange group of leather-clad bikers who parked their noisy motorcycles in front of the church. 
After the service, when one of the parishioners asked them how they found their church, Turk, obviously uncomfortable in such a formal setting, growled, We're with Shark, pointing toward the reverend. David and Turk's encounter is a story of transformation through resurrection. As I said, I believe in the resurrection of Jesus because I've seen its effects when people hear about a God who loves us, who's willing to die on a cross, provides forgiveness for our sins, and grants us a new life. It happens in the rooms of the 18 weekly meetings of Alcoholics Anonymous that we host across the street, where hurting and broken people tap into their higher power, overcoming the harmful effects of addiction. It happens in the lives of children here in our church who, upon hearing of God's love for them, want to make a lifelong commitment to following Jesus. It happens in our youth group as students experience God's love, moving them to explore a life of service that brings mercy and justice to the forgotten and lonely. And it can happen to any of us, at least if we're willing to admit our need for Jesus and to allow him to save us from our selfish and destructive desires. So, is Jesus' resurrection real? Of course it is. Just ask any of us who've experienced it for ourselves. We're a new creation. The old is gone, and the new has come. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. I hope that this message has been helpful to you as we observe this season of Easter. And as always, if there's any way that we can be of service to you, please reach out to us. We'd love to know that you're listening in. And if there's anything we can do, we want to help. Take care and have a great week. Thank you for listening to First Words. For more information about our services or how to get involved in our community, visit us at fumcflorence.org or facebook.com slash florencefumc.org.